Welcome to A Walk in My Stilettos, where our goal is to help you walk in your greatness. I'm your host, McKinney Smith. Hey, Faith Walkers. Thank you for joining us on the A Walk in My Stilettos podcast, where we have conversations with amazing women that are letting us step into their shoes. I help women to own their stories, conquer their fears so they can reach their goals. I get inspired when I see another woman succeeding, but I'm interested more in her backstory and the mindset on how she got there. So today's guest is about to bless us with her testimony. And since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. Today we have Francois Maris. She's a writer, a poet, a content creator, and the incredible human behind the Black Love page on Instagram, which now has over 530,000 followers. They're a community promoting the uplifting, encouragement, and inspiration of Black love, Black culture, and Black people, displaying positive images and stories of people of color. Friend is also the face behind Today's Insight, a faith-based outlet of a woman's perspective of the world. So please welcome to the show, Francois Maris. Thank you so much. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. And thank you for having me as a guest. I'm just super excited to share my story. Thank you. Thank you for saying yes and agreeing to come on and and share your story with (laughs) us. I've been following your page forever, by the way, because I think it's just beautiful. But we (laughs) we got to meet in person with a a mutual friend, Mm -hmm. which is Rachel, who's a relationship coach. And we got to meet at her wedding. And it's funny when you see someone and you connect to their spirit, but you don't know where you know them from or you don't know, you know, what it is about them. And I remember walking into the wedding. I think you guys were outside taking pictures Mm -hmm. and we were outside taking pictures. And there was something about your energy that I was like. I like her. I need to know her. And it was at the end, I think I realized that you were the owner of the Black Love page. And I was like, okay, there was something. I knew there was something. Yes, yes. And it's so funny. That is the same day that I also met Rachel at her okay. wedding. So, yeah, the exciting thing about this social media endeavor that I have is I get to attend a lot of weddings and meet amazing people in person. So yes, it's great that we've already met face to face. And so this conversation is even more like authentic because of that. I love it. I like to start the show with an icebreaker question because I believe as women, especially women who are out here doing things and making a difference, we have all these different hats and titles that we go by. But I feel like a title that is not given enough significance is our name because our names have meaning. So my first question to you, Francois, is do you know what your name means? Yeah, well, I I can tell you the story behind my name. Mm -hmm. So I love this question. I am Haitian American. And so my grandfather, he passed away two days before I was born. Mm -hmm. So out of respect for my grandfather, my mother and father decided to name me after my grandfather. So the name Francois is unisex. Mm-hmm. So Francois without the E at the end makes it masculine. And with the E at the end makes it feminine. So mm-hmm. my name is Francois, but I don't expect people to always have in their voice. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, my name is Francois. And I am named after my grandfather. From what I know, he was an amazing person. Everyone loves him. I always hear great things about him. And so I know the meaning behind my name in terms of how I got my name. And it means so much to my family. Beautiful. That's a beautiful story. My condolences (laughs) to losing your grandfather, but that's a beautiful tribute to take on his name and to carry on that legacy. So when I Googled it, there was different meanings, but Francois meant free man or free one. So you're free. Mm, I like that. Mm -hmm. 
every yeah, time someone says your name, theory. they're saying you're free. There you go. See, I love it. I love it. Oh, <laughs> uh, thanks for that. Though I, I had no clue, but it's so funny because when I describe myself to people without even knowing the meaning of my name, I'm always like, yeah, I'm a free spirit. I just go with the flow. And so now there's truth to that even more exactly. because of my name. <laughs> they're affirming that every time someone says your name. Awesome. Love it. Yes. I'd love to know what you wanted to be when you were a little girl. Growing up, I always wanted to be a best-selling author. Mm-hmm. Being a writer, until this day in my adult life, that is one of my aspirations is to become like a best-selling author. And that's what I've always wanted to be since I was like nine years old. I was the kid running around writing short stories and poems and telling people, hey, read this, read this. What do you think? <laughs> so, yeah. That's what I've always wanted to be. I love it. I've got those same dreams, girl. Yeah. Okay. We're, so, we're working towards it. Exactly. Exactly. We're manifesting. It's going to happen. I believe it. Mm-hmm. So then I guess my next question is, how did the Black Love page come about? Because, I mean, that's become a huge community. So what inspired you to, to start that? Great question. So with Black Love page, it really came to me in the middle of the night. And starting off, any story like that I'm like okay let me get some context here so I am a writer I've always been a writer and I've always aspired to just become like this this big time author and so Tony Gaskins he's one of my favorite authors and at the time I lived in Miami Florida so each time Tony had like a seminar or something in Miami Florida I would always make sure to attend and then I started following him on Twitter And so one day I retweeted something that he wrote. And so then he DMs me on Twitter, like, hey, what are your dreams? What are your aspirations? What are you working towards? Because you're very supportive of me, but I see that you also may have some talents of your own. So he kind of just randomly had this conversation with me. Yes. And I'm like, oh my goodness, freaking out because I really, to this day, that's someone I look up to. And so I was just so excited. And so I went on his website and I was like, what else can I purchase? Because I, I had a lot of his books. But he actually has this audio. It's called something about birth your book or birth your dream. Something about birthing something. I'm so sorry. I can't remember the name off the top of mm-hmm. my head because this was over three years ago. But I purchased this audio. And once I received it, I just, it's an audio that you can stick into your laptop. So like a USB. Mm-hmm. And so I would listen to this audio over and over and over again. And then he said something about, your audience, who is your audience, your audience isn't everyone, you have to target your audience. And a lot of my writing is romance, love, it's for black people, people of color. And so I'm just thinking to myself, like my audience, my audience, because it resonated with me from listening to the audio. But then around that time, there was a lot of brutality around like black lives. And it was just a lot of police brutality. And just so much negativity was being said about black people in general. And so with a combination of like the audio, me wanting to target my audience, me knowing who I wanted to speak to, and then with the negativity, I felt like I kept seeing around Black people. I said, you know what? In the middle of the night, it just came to me, Black love. So Mm. I'm searching Black love. Of course, I did not create Black love. So it was already taken. Like on social media, Black love, the handle is already taken. Mm -hmm. So then I was like, hmm, what can I add in addition to Black love? So then I was like, Paige, okay, so Black Love Paige. And so I looked and no one else had it. And I said, okay, great, let me create it. 
from there, I got all the handles, got the domain. Mind you, I didn't have a plan. I just knew I liked the name and mm-hmm. I knew that I wanted to reach people. So I just secured my handles. And that's advice that I tell people up front all the time. If you think of something, you may not have the full vision for it, but secure the name. Mm-hmm. Secure the name in terms of social media, in terms of the domain, and then go from there. You know, of course, then, you know, do the right steps and trademark and LLC and things like that. But you, you have to move quickly, especially now when we live in a day and age where everyone is active on social media. It's, it's like you have to grab it quickly. Mm-hmm. And so Black Love Page was just an ideal that I had that I went ahead and secured the name. And from there, the vision evolved. It evolved quickly and it's become, yeah. like I said, you guys have <laughs> currently over like what, 530,000 followers. So what started the page that going viral? <laughs> like, Okay, definitely. I'll give my my viral tips. I realized community early on is is huge. So I knew that whatever I created, it couldn't just be for me. It Mm -hmm. had to be for me and the people that I wanted to reach. So I just started looking for pictures. So it started off with me just looking for pictures that resonated with me. And then I would DM the person like, hey, I really like your picture. You guys look so great together. Would you like a feature? And, you know, would you mind sharing? So then the person, nine out of 10, most people want the feature or they just didn't see the DM because again, you're starting off with like 100 followers, 1000 followers. So, you know, people may not notice when you send them a message. Mm -hmm. So What happened from there is I was just writing people and then people were saying yes. So now I'm collecting all of this data, like pictures and stories, pictures and stories. So being a creative and having a niche for wanting to write anyways, I then composed all of the information that I had into Instagram posts. But I made the post where it was like a picture, but then the caption would resonate with you. Like I knew within the first couple of words, like you have to grab people's attention. Mm -hmm. So if you gave me a a story about your love story, but maybe you guys were long distance for like two years, I knew that the part of you guys being long distance for two years is what would probably grab people's attention. So I would start off the caption, like long distance relationship of two years. And then from there, tell the story. But I knew like, I had to hone in on the part of the story that resonated with me. So this wasn't like a collaboration with me and other people. These were really just like, like, what were my thoughts? Like, okay, I'll read your story. And then without clouding my judgment by asking everyone else, what do they think I should do with posting? I just came up with my own direction on it. So another advice that I give people is, Sometimes others can cloud your own judgment and your own creativity. So just trust yourself and trust that you can put out good content. So then from there, I was just posting. But I was posting maybe every two to three hours, like a mad woman. So (laughs) I think sometimes people think like, well, I'll just post once or twice a day. But the way I looked at it was if I post once or twice a day, that limits the chances of more people seeing my content. Mm-hmm. So I'm literally posting like 15 times a day wow. and it's crazy because yeah, I, I had alarm set. Like I put myself on the schedule. I was manually doing it. And I know some people, they do things where it's automated, which I think automation is cool and makes your life easier. But I was really hands-on. I was doing everything. Like I had my alarm set to post every two to three hours. And I did that for like a year 
But of course, while I'm doing it, it's gaining traction and I'm paying attention. So if I post something and it goes viral, I paid attention to the time. Okay, Mm -hmm. so Monday, 9 a.m., that went viral. Okay, bingo. Every Monday at 9 a.m., post and post something similar to the same content that I posted the first time. So it's really a matter of paying attention. And granted, algorithms change all the time. But your audience is going to be pretty consistent if you are. Right. So then it got to a point where I started gaining like a thousand new followers a day. And so mm-hmm. at that point, I'm like, clearly I'm doing something right. It's working. Like I'm, I'm gaining traction. You know, now I don't have to go looking for stories. People are just submitting their stories. But it was really about just staying focused on growing the community. And I think nowadays a lot of people grow communities or create pages because they're thinking about money or they're thinking about what they're going to sell next. But I didn't have any of that in mind. I was thinking, okay, let me grow my community. And that was really my sole focus. And so I wasn't monetizing any of it. It was really like, no, I'm just going to focus on the community itself. I didn't put in anything for ads or anything like that. Not so much later on once I realized, okay, my community is strong and solid. And when you think of Black love, you're going to think of Black love page. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much how it started. I just stayed very consistent. I didn't allow others to cloud my judgment. I trusted myself and how I was putting out my content. And I really just paid attention. You have to pay attention to your audience and your algorithms because it's going to be different than another page. Right. Because if I tried to copy another page, it wouldn't work because it's just different. Like I really believe these algorithms are created per page in my opinion. And I feel like I created my own algorithm with black love page based off of the consistency of my own posting. I love that. So I'm listening to you speak (laughs) and I got like six key things that I want to highlight (laughs) for the people that were listening. And the first one was your niche. I think a lot of people, especially when they're building a brand, they want to appeal to everybody and they want to be a generalist because they they don't want to leave anybody out. But if you're building a brand, you need to have a niche. You need to be specific about who your target audience is. It's like having an avatar of who you're speaking to. And it's not that it won't appeal to other people, but it's knowing specifically who you're speaking to so that when you write stuff or when you post stuff or when you market stuff, you are marketing directly to that person in order to make that impact. The second thing I heard you talk about was securing your name, all the social media platforms, your website, even if you're not even ready to use it. Because when you are, at least you have all of those things down pat to build your branding. The other thing I heard was consistency. And I call that my strength and my weakness, but being consistent, you were consistent with your posting and you did, you know, 15 posts a day for like a year, like you were consistent, you put in the work. The fourth thing I heard was the analytics. I think not enough people pay attention to their analytics. They're so busy on trying to get numbers and stuff like that, trying to get likes or what have you, but they're not paying attention to their analytics. Your analytics will give you information to make it easier for you. It will tell you when your audience is on or what your audience looks like and you know what they like versus what they don't like. Paying attention to that so you can provide more of that value of what it is that they're looking for that you have. And then the fifth thing I heard was community, which is huge. And I think that sometimes especially if you're building a personal brand, people forget that. But when you have a themed page, building that community of people who are even advocates for your page, because I think before I even knew who you were, what your page was about, I loved the positive imagery 
and I was sharing and, and spreading the information about your page to other people. And then the last thing I heard was you were doing all of this and it wasn't monetizing at first. And I think people need to understand doing something for a cause versus doing something for cash because there's actually a study done where people who get paid to do something actually put in less effort than the people who are doing it for a cause. So it's mm -hmm. finding something that speaks to you, speaks to your soul and your spirit that you can be passionate about that when you put in that work, it makes you feel good. It's more than just about the money. So I love everything you just said. <laughs> Thank you. No, you said everything right on and you articulated it so well. And especially the last part, you know, you have to do it for a cause before you do it for any cash, I guess, cause mm -hmm. before cash. Mm -hmm. So, and it's true. And people can see when you're trying to sell them something. I'm huge on don't sell people on anything, really, truly share a cause that you believe in that you're passionate about, and everything else will literally chase you. Yep. When you're providing value and you're making an impact. Yes, yes. So what inspires you the most about what you do? What inspires me the most are the love stories. I will say that when I created Black Love Page, I was in love. I was dating someone and I we broke up. Long story short, we broke mm -hmm. up and I was heartbroken, the ugly cry, I can't sleep at night. I went through all of that. Um, but the love stories that I was reading from people submitting that really motivates me and keeps me inspired that, you know what, I had love, it, it went away, it didn't work, but I know too my love story is still being written. And so a lot of people actually didn't know this, that I am single and it doesn't deter me in any way from Black love. If anything, it motivates me every single day, every single post that all of us deserve to have that love. Mm -hmm. um, and it'll come in due time. So the stories the stories motivate me every single day I think that is absolutely beautiful and I can totally relate I mean whew, yes. I can so I when, we, <laughs> when we met in Houston at Rachel's wedding I was with a guy that I thought I was going to be with forever and we were blessed where you allowed us to do lives on the Black Love page and you featured us on the Black Love page and everyone, like we had such amazing feedback about it. You know, I gained a lot of followers that were interested in our love and he left. Yeah. It didn't work out. And yes, it does hurt. I did the ugly right. cry for months, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it, like it's a part said, of you the don't process. Give up. Yeah. It's, it's a part of the process. Yeah. You don't give up. We still believe in love. My screensaver on my phone is, it says, I am worthy of love, the affirmation. So I remember that all day, every day. So I think that, it's beautiful that. to see that the images that you share and the stories that you share of the romance and the, the proposals and all those things. You know, I may be single right now, but I value everything that you post on your page. So thank you. Thank you. And look, I genuinely, I feel the same way. I'm like, oh my gosh, this just motivated me. I'm sure it's going to motivate someone else. So to hear you say that is makes me feel so good. good. And so I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> What's one thing that you wish people knew about Fern? I wish more people knew that Francois is a self-published author, poet, and I'm still chasing my dreams. Everything is still being written. And Granted, I have this community of over half a million followers, but I'm still chasing a dream. So I, I just want people to know that you may see 
these big brands, these big pages, and you may think that, oh, wow, like they've made it or they've reached the level of success that to you that they've reached. But I'm still chasing my dreams and I'm still working on me every single day. And I'm blessed to have a community that I believe in. And this community has helped others and it's opened doors for others. And it's still doing the same for me. So, so that's something I want people to know. Like, I'm still a work in progress. We're all still a work in progress. And even when you think you've made it, there's still work that, that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. I love that you share that part because I do think that there's a huge misconception where people feel that because someone has a certain amount of numbers on social media, that that equates mm-hmm. to dollars or success or right. any of those things. And, and success is relative, right? Sure. But understanding even from an inside perspective where one of my daughters is a social media influencer and I've lost count. I think she's mm-hmm. over 350,000 followers or what have you. And yes, she does. And do she's brand beautiful. Deals. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank yes. you. Um, but you know, she does get brand deals. She does get certain things, but that doesn't equate to paying the mortgage or, you know, any of those things. So I think it's great that you pointed that out. I think that's a transparency that people need to hear and understand. Everyone's out here still trying to better ourselves and to attain our goals. And just because you see a number on social media doesn't mean anybody's made it. Exactly. Followers do not equal dollars. Right. Um, and, and they can if those followers truly and genuinely believe in like your brand and what it is that you eventually end up selling. Mm-hmm. But yeah, right off the bat, people just see followers and like, oh my gosh, like you're rich or this is thriving financially. And that's not necessarily the case. Sometimes you see a social media page, but there's no business. There's Mm -hmm. no blueprint. It's literally just a page. Mm -hmm. Um, Or there is money, but it's very inconsistent money. And, you know, like there's just so much that goes behind these communities that I think, yeah, people right now are so fascinated by followers, but they should really be fascinated with entrepreneurship and like business models and like Mm -hmm. what works in terms of like finance. Uh, more so than followers, in my opinion. But hey, if you get the best of both worlds, even better, which, you know, is possible. Yes. So what other advice would you give to a woman who's thinking about building a, a community and using social media to make a difference? My advice would be every opportunity is not an opportunity. So what I mean by that is when I created Black Love Page, I was really solely focused on just having a community But then a lot of sponsorship opportunities and ads and just partnerships, they came my way. But you have to be very mindful. So I'll give you one example where um, there was a travel agency. This is very early on. This travel agency pitched this partnership to me because, again, I have a community with people who more than likely want to travel. So I jumped in head first, like, yeah, sure, sign me up. Like, let's do it. Just thinking at the time about the dollar, not necessarily like the business aspect of it. Mm -hmm. So back then I didn't have a team. It was really just me. And I didn't have people that I can say, hey, can you look over this for me? I didn't have that. Long story short, that person actually ended up going out of business. People made a lot of complaints against that company through the Better Business Bureau. She just wasn't really an honest person. Mm -hmm. And so then my followers came back to me like, hey, I signed up for this through you. Like, because Black Love Page endorsed this, I trusted it and it didn't work. 
and they took my money and I'm upset. Granted, a lot of people got their money back, you know, and I'm so happy about that part of it, but my name was affiliated with something right. negative. And from that moment, I told myself, it's not about every single opportunity saying yes. It's about really deciding and doing your research and having other people, having other set of eyes look at it. And so my advice ultimately is be careful, be cautious, because if you lose your community, if you lose their trust, anything that you try to sell them afterwards or share with them afterwards that's genuine or pure, they're going to be very hesitant about yes. it. And that can actually tarnish your brand. So the business will come, the money will come, but you just have to do things with integrity and with research and don't be naive and don't be so excited for every single opportunity that you see, because again, not every opportunity is a good one. Yes, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And I, I believe that even when you do partner with other brands or collaborate or what have you, making sure that it resonates with your audience, that it's of value to your audience. I get a ton yeah. of emails to do collaborations, whether it be on my for my Instagram page or for the podcast or for the app, which I've temporarily parked. But it's like, I'm not trying to do everything just for the money or just because you want to put an ad within my stuff. If it doesn't resonate with my audience, I'm not going to do it. So I've actually been turning down a lot of opportunities, especially for sponsorship for the podcast, because they know that I have an audience. But does it resonate yeah. with the people that follow me? I'm not trying to spam them with things that are not of interest to them and then lose my integrity or my name or my character. Exactly. And that's so important. It's so important. And I think people go into this thinking, oh, I want that. I want the brands. I want the sponsorships. I want to get an ad. And I think their judgment can get very clouded. So I'm happy that you also shared that you get a ton of those. Mm -hmm. They will come. That's not the question. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the question is the quality and, you know, and then does it make sense for you and your community? I think even when I started the podcast, that was something that was big for me because I wasn't even certain where I was going with the podcast. It definitely took on a life of its own and I'm blessed for the direction that it's taken. But when it came to having guests on the show, I was getting tons of pitches from PR trying to pitch their clients to have them on the show. And it's like, well, one, you've never listened to it. Two, you're strictly trying to pitch whatever it is that you're selling. And that's not what the show is about. The show is about women who are making a difference and are open to sharing the adversities that they've gone through to get there. So I've turned yeah. down 99% of the PR pitches that have come to me to have their clients wow. on the show because it doesn't appeal to my audience. Wow. That is maybe the ninety nine percent. I need people to hear this. Like exactly. Yeah. My focus is to provide an impact. And as much as I would like this to turn around and monetize way beyond my wildest dreams, I am building the trust of the people who tune in and listen. They're here to hear your stories. They're here to be uplifted and get encouragement. And if I start pitching them and having people come on the show that are only on to sell their products, like this is not an infomercial. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Keep like, it oh, real. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. No, keep it real. Exactly. So again, it's not a matter of will you get that person to interview or will you be able to get that ad or a sponsorship? You will, but okay, quality. So. Mm -hmm. so we know about the success of the community that you're building online and the things that you're doing. So what adversities have you had to experience to get to where you are today? 
So the adversities that I experienced to get here are basically, A, having a solid team. I've worked with people who have come and gone and for different reasons, but I've always been the person where I like having the same group of people around me from beginning to end. But in business and when you become that boss, there's going to be turnover. It's inevitable. And so that adversity in terms of like getting people, training them, letting them in, and then they may not stay, um, which is okay. That's life itself. And then also learning how to say no, learning how to even let my friends know like, hey, yes, you're my friend, but this is a business pitch that you're sending me. So I need you to go through the channels of sending it to me like a business. And so just, you know, just setting those boundaries, saying no, working with different people, all of that was just so new to me because right before my eyes, my hobby manifested into my business and I had to learn and I had to learn quickly how to operate like the boss because although I didn't go into it looking for that title, that is what happened. Just those things alone were the biggest hurdles that I had to face. And it's made me much better, much stronger, tougher skin. It comes mm-hmm. with it. And, and I'm happy. I'm happy in the space that I'm in right now. Mm. And you spoke to how your hobby turned into your business. So there's a saying that I always say that your pain births your purpose. And you talked about going through that breakup and then seeing the negative images of uh, what was happening in the Black community mm-hmm. and just wanting to provide a positive image. And now it's turned into yeah. a business. And I think that's be- a beautiful thing. Yeah. So have you had, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, I agree. You know, just let things manifest on its own. Sometimes Mm -hmm. like we have a plan, but there's a destiny for you and your destiny is going to unfold. If you just stay still sometimes, just let everything around you, you know, happen and you stand still and then your dreams will manifest right before your eyes. Of course you do some work with that, but you know, we all have a destiny that's already waiting for us. Mm Mm-hmm. As you say that, I even get goosebumps because that makes me think of my current personal situation where, of course, with the breakup, I was totally devastated and I was a hot mess. But me remembering my faith and me knowing that God has a plan for me and knowing what his destiny is for me and just being still and allowing things to move and allowing things to happen. And at the same time, working on myself and working on my business so that I can continue to manifest great things. Yeah. And that's something I believe we both have in common because when I went through my breakup, I was like, I am writing a whole page about love and black love. And I just lost my black love. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but you keep going. You know, the chaos is happening around you, but you keep going. You stand still, you know, keep your head down. And, and yeah, when you look back up, everything will be okay again. It's strengthening that resilience muscle. And one thing that I've found in common with a lot of the conversations that I've had with women who are successful is these obstacles and these things will continue to happen, but it's your ability to get back up and to keep moving that will determine how successful you are in whatever it is that you're pursuing, because no one is exempt from struggle. It's how we've learned to cope with it. The higher you go, the more things are going to happen, but you're equipped to be able to handle it so that you can continue to move forward and push through. And that's the special sauce. That's mm-hmm. literally what it is. Like you said, no one's exempt from it. You're not exempt. It's going to happen. But then it's like, okay, how are you going to react to that? So yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you had any coaches or mentors that have helped you along the way? 
Yes, I currently have a mentor right now. First, Tony Gaskins. I always keep in touch with him. So mm-hmm. I do check-ins with him, even if it's like every six months because he's super busy. So it's not like, you know, he's my personal coach. I always give Tony updates because I do hold the fact that going to his seminars and mind you, it was the same seminar. So I was going to the same thing over and over again. And I would even bring my friends with me when I was going to Tony's seminars. But each time something new resonated with me. Right. And then eventually it caught his attention that, hey, I have a loyal supporter. Let me reach out to her. And just little things like that, being able to support someone else in their journey could unfold your journey in the same token. Mm-hmm. So definitely just doing my little check-ins with him here and there whenever I can do that. And then right now I have a a mentor. His name is Charles. And he's my mentor because he's completely opposite of me. He's not in my space or my realm. He doesn't even understand how I grew my community to where it is. But Charles, he actually is amazing with Facebook ads and then just finding your purpose in life. He's well-educated and he actually left corporate to chase his own entrepreneur dreams and goals and aspirations. So I think sometimes people want mentors and coaches that look like them, act like them, on the same path as them. But I actually found the most useful information for me, for me and my journey, through people who, I mean, with Tony, he's a best-selling author and I aspire to do that. But he gave me tips and advice that were outside of that, which led me to build my community with Charles. He gives me advice on just business. Mm-hmm. I know social media and how to grow followers and things like that, but he knows business. Right. And he knows how to make a living 100% just off of your business. And so that's what he's been teaching me. So, yes, it's very important to have coaches, people you can trust people who don't want anything from you in return, Mm -hmm. Um, people who, you know, you can be very transparent and vulnerable. And by the end of the call, it just stays between you two, you know, and that's so important, especially as you get bigger and your brand gets more known, you really need people you can trust. And then people who don't want anything from you in return. And it's a genuine coach relationship where, I want you to get to this next level and how can we help you get there? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's very important. So there's a couple things that you said in the beginning when you mm-hmm. talked about going to the Tony Gaskin events, the same event over and over again. And yeah. as people, especially over the age of, I believe, 25, we learn in two ways. One is repetition and the other is like a huge emotional bang, which is usually negative and considered trauma. But the repetition side of it, because like you said, every time you went, you heard something different that resonated with you. Even if we are listening to the same audio, the same podcast, the same, whatever it is over and over and over again, because the way that our brains work, we're listening, we're listening, we're paying attention. We tap out for a second. We have a side thought. We come back in. We're listening, we're listening, listening, side thought, come back in. If you listen to it over and over again, you will tap into things you didn't hear the first time. You missed it the first time. You weren't paying attention to that point the first time. So that's the beauty of repetition. So good on you for that. And then the other thing where you (laughs) talked about having coaches that don't look like you. I think that is a a big one, especially for me, because that's been life changing. So one of my philosophies is not to take advice from people that you wouldn't want to switch places with. (laughs) So I don't ask Mm -hmm. certain people for their advice (laughs) because I don't want it. (laughs) But I have different 
mentors and different coaches for different areas of my life. But one of my main mentors is a white male. He's almost 90 years old. I'm not wow. sure if you, if you're familiar with the documentary, The Secret, but Bob Proctor I've was heard one of, of the, yes. Yeah. So he was one of the thought leaders featured in The Secret and he became my mentor. And Bob Proctor, he is, like I said, an old white man. And the things that I learned from him came from a completely different perspective than I got from any of the other mentors that I have that look like me. So I was able to learn practices and principles that were helping old white men succeed. And how can I take that and apply that to my life and now in turn show other women that look like me how to apply those principles so that they can win? Wow, I love that. And people need that mindset because if we continuously just get advice from people that look like us that only, you know, we know in our own circles, mm-hmm. we'll just be circulating the same information over and over and over again. But if we right. step outside of that box, you know, you'll be surprised what else you can learn. Right. I'd love to ask you because especially when you're doing things like posting 15 times a day on certain pages and you're writing yeah. and you're sharing <laughs> stories and you're on social media, all these yeah. things, what does your self-care routine look like? For me, is unplugging. So when I turn off my phone or when I put my phone on do not disturb, mm-hmm. that's me time. And I have friends and family who know when they're around me or what they're or when they're with me we don't talk about social media we don't talk about business like mm-hmm. I literally have to tell people that up front sometimes like hey we're going to hang out today but I don't want to talk about Black Love Page I don't right. want to talk about Instagram Facebook I don't want to talk about anything business I really just want to hang out and so being very proactive with other people, because sometimes people don't know that you're in that space where you don't want to talk about it. You just want right. to relax. So unplugging, turning things off and just having me time, even like just watching TV, like just a moment of just sitting down, watching TV, eating, laughing. Yes, of course, like working out, things like that are good as well. But like just mindless fun, just not mm-hmm. thinking. Like to me, that's me with my self-care. Vegging um, out. Avid, yeah, vegging out. Ooh, I'm going to take that. So vegging <laughs> out. And then <laughs> I'm an avid traveler. I love to travel. So even when I book that flight and I'm just going somewhere across the country or even on the other side of the world, that to me is my self-care. Like I, I come back feeling 10 times better than when I left. <laughs> That's Mm -hmm. self-care for me, you know, and that's me regrouping and getting my energy back. I love how, you know, you unplug so that you can reset and recharge and feel refreshed to come back and, you know, take over and do the things that you do. I can totally relate. Like these past few months dealing with the breakup, my phone has been on do not disturb. (laughs) My phone does not ring. That that is me tapping out. The only time I'm on the phone is outgoing calls for clients. Other than that, leave me a message. I'm not trying to talk right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. Setting boundaries. Setting and boundaries. that's so important. Yes, boundaries. And, and then other people could drain you with their questions. Yes. You know, um, imagine going through this stage right now and then you have people constantly like, hey, girl, what's the update? How are you? Da, da, da. Which is fine when someone genuinely is like, hey, how are you? But if you are doing that every day, giving an update every day, at what point are you really 
you know, getting yourself together and, you know, going on with the next chapter of your life. So kudos to you for doing that too. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I mean, because I am my brand and people look to my story for inspiration and upliftment, I didn't intend to share my relationship so openly online, but like I said, I was madly in love, thought we were getting married and going to grow old together. So when that ended, I am the type of person where I need to process and heal before I share things with those, I guess, in my community. And I prefer Mm -hmm. to share my scars and not my scabs. So if something is fresh and I'm still emotionally dealing with it, you will not see it online. I'm not that person. I don't want to be in my feelings posts. Um, Thank you. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I need to process. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So it took me about three months of processing or maybe even four before I posted anything, just saying the relationship ended because I was getting a flood of DMs saying, hey, we haven't seen any couples pictures lately. Like, you know, what's going on? And I'm thinking, I don't want to talk about this. And I don't want to talk about this with you because I don't know you. (laughs) So like you said, setting that boundary and unplugging. So now that I've had months to process and I'm no longer, I'm going to say as emotional as I was in the beginning. You know, I made a post recently just letting people know that it ended and I received more DMs than I had comments on the post. And I don't feel like repeating myself or explaining myself to the entire community. And, you know, I appreciate the support, but I'm just letting you know that we are no longer together. And I think that it would have been quite triggering if I had done that in the beginning when I was still in my feelings. So I think it's important to know yourself and to set your boundaries and and know your limits. So, you know, I I love the community of people that care for me and and are there for me, but I don't owe anyone an explanation as to why we're not together. And I was with someone that I loved for years and I respect him still, regardless if we're not together. So, yeah. I love that. And and the fact that you said know yourself, because Mm -hmm. everyone feels so differently. You know, some people while they're still processing, they're jumping on social media, they're talking to people, they're, you Mm -hmm. know, they're really, like, so involved that it's like, okay, are you looking for help right now? And, and and that's fine, because that's dumb, but you have to know yourself. And Mm -hmm. I think you and I can actually really relate on the fact that we need to process, like, I need to process this, Mm -hmm. then I'll talk about it. Right, exactly, (laughs) Um, exactly. So there's a common question that I love to ask all the women that come on the show. And I came across this article on Reader's Digest that basically says that your favorite type of shoes says a lot about your personality. And it's no surprise that I love stilettos, hence the brand. So my question to you is, what is your favorite type of shoe? Is it like a high heel boot, a running shoe, a walking shoe, a pump, a, I don't know, a wedge, a mule, stiletto, flip-flop? What's your favorite type of shoe? Ooh, I like this. <laughs> So it depends which Francois you're getting. So, <laughs> um, so what I will say, Monday through Friday, I'm a flat kind of girl. I wear flats actually throughout the week. I'm so chill and dressed down. Like when it's time to dress up, it's like a task. It's, it's a mm-hmm. lot of work for me. But when I do, I love to grab my stilettos. I am also a stiletto girl. And that is me on the weekends or to like a special event or something like that. Okay. So it says 
if you're someone who always turns to flats, we know that you work your butt off behind the scenes to ensure that there's always a perfectly finished product. And the best part is you're so humble that you don't require any attention or recognition of your efforts. The flat wearer is focused, very modest and generous. They're often the woman doing all of the work in the world. They're the ones behind the scenes making the entire engine run. Does that sound like you? Oh my goodness. That is me. That is me. Oh my the part about not looking for recognition. Yes. When I tell you running Black Love Page was the biggest secret that I ever kept. Like, I remember when I, I met you, not... you're like, I don't want anybody to know. Yeah. That's good. And at that point the page is already well over four hundred thousand followers. Like this page is it's literally taking a mind of its own and people still don't really know right right Um, but yeah so that is me I am the girl behind the scenes trying to put things together make sure it's that perfect product at the end and I don't need the recognition I just need the results so that is me wow I love it I love it I love it so before we go to the final segment of the show I want you to tell people where they can stay connected with you online right now blacklovepage.com black love page instagram handles that's my baby so that's mm-hmm. really where you can find me uh, my personal instagram is hey h-e-y francoise f-r-a-n-c-o-i-s-e so social media is the best way to connect with me on instagram and twitter those are the best ways to reach me i try to answer as many questions as possible and reach out to people but yeah sometimes it is overwhelming so i prefer actually like the comments and things like that as opposed to a dm mm-hmm. um, if it's something very personal then yeah definitely shoot me over an email info at blacklovepage.com or you could send it to my personal email which is f maris which is my last name m-e-r-u-s f maris at gmail.com Perfect. Thank you so much. I will definitely have the direct links to all of your socials in the detail section of the episode so they can just click and connect with you directly. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. So I call the final (laughs) segment of the show A Walk in Her Wisdom, where I just ask you a couple of reflection questions and you say the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Name a book that has changed or greatly impacted your life. The Dream Tracer by Tony Gaskins. That's actually been the most recent book that I've read that really resonated with me and it speaks to me. And so The Dream Chaser. Love it. Name one of the most worthwhile investments you've ever made. And that could be money, time, energy. I would say my investment to, I attend Effects Fitness here in Atlanta. It's a gym. It's a high cardio intensity type gym. Mm Mm-hmm. Making that investment in my health, I, and this is a bit off topic, but I want people to know, like, as we chase these dreams, these goals and ambitions, do not ignore your health. Do Mm -hmm. not ignore if you see signs of you getting lazy, if your body's a little bit sluggish, if you don't feel the same. That's something I think within our communities that we may not discuss more often. And then I'll say I work remote, I work from home, and I really found myself getting lazy, like, just staying in bed later than usual and just not really keeping up with myself. Mm -hmm. And so that's been my best investment. (laughs) Love it. What new belief, behavior, or habit has improved your life in the last five years? What's really helped me is I'm in a space right now of collaboration. 
and mm-hmm. it's really helped me. And the being open with people and meeting new people, networking with people, meeting people in general has really changed my life in terms of like my travels and just my perspectives on things. I'm someone being a writer where I was always in my own way, always in my own thoughts. Never really, like, I'll seek out information when I wanted to seek out the information, but what about when the information's seeking you? Mm-hmm. And so I would say collaboration and just speaking with people, being more open, that's really been a mindset that's helped change my life and just change how I approach a lot of things. I love that because that is actually something that I learned from my mentor because he says you can be in business for yourself, but you can't do it alone. We all need Mm -hmm. other people to help us build and to delegate things to or to use their expertise and or exchange value or what have you. So I've loved and embraced that whole concept of collaboration for a long time. And that is another reason why I appreciate you. You know, you have allowed me to come on your platform and to share what I'm doing and Mm -hmm. just that level of sharing energy, you know, so that we can all grow Yes, and it's real. I think, you know, people hear stuff like this. They're like, okay, that's nice. No, but it's real. It's life-changing. It is. You know, sharing, collaborating, opening doors for others. Like I said, you're blessed to be on the other end of someone else's journey. The beauty in collaboration versus doing something on on your own, you're you're working Mm -hmm. towards something and you're possibly taking small steps or even large steps. But it's like you're adding bits at a time But when you collaborate, you multiply your efforts. You are getting knowledge from others that it took them their lifetime to learn. And they can help you apply that to your business where you don't have to take a lifetime to learn those things. Or, um, you know, planting those seeds of collaboration Mm -hmm. where you're putting out that positivity out there. And it may not come necessarily back from that same person. But then you're blessed with something that you didn't have to work for because you put that out there. So, I never undervalue yeah. collaborations and, and sharing and helping other people. I love that. Yes. When you said multiply your efforts. Yes. Mm-hmm. That to mm-hmm. me hits it right on the head. You know, collaboration is multiplying your efforts. That's beautiful. Yes. Thank you. So last but not least, if you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why? If it could be anywhere, it would actually be in Haiti. Again, I am Haitian-American, and Haiti is a country that I hold very near to my heart because a lot of people may not know the history of Haiti, where Haiti is the first country with the first freed Black slaves. Mm -hmm. So these are the first group of people to be free. And so because of that, at times, um, Haiti has been seen by other countries as a rebellious country. They're seen as people that you may not want to work with. And in my opinion, I do feel like the country of Haiti has been blackballed and that they're very limited with their resources. And so I would want my billboard to be in Haiti and I would want it to show a picture of myself and for me to say that keep hope alive, keep the dream alive. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's people fighting for you and behind the scenes I've done a lot of donations to Haiti I try to spread the word about Haiti I try to tell my friends about Haiti because tourism is really what can bring money to the country and that's what helps people um I remember my last trip to Haiti I said something about I wish I could I wish I could do more 
And then mm-hmm. one of the people that were at the resort, he said, you've done enough. He said, you're here. You're mm-hmm. spending money. He right. said, coming here, telling other people to come here, that's actually what helped bring money to our economy. And so, again, my billboard will be in Haiti. And it would say something about, you know, people are fighting for you behind mm-hmm. the scenes. I get very emotional just speaking about it. But I think if people knew the history and if people knew more about, you know, how they're so limited in resources mm-hmm. and how they share their island with Dominican Republic, but right. they're not treated the same. The resources aren't the same. The tourism isn't the same. I would really want to also just shed more light on that. Mm, I think that's beautiful. And even when you said that point about you know being at the resort and them saying you being there is enough, I think oftentimes we think, okay, well, I'm only one person. I can only do so much. I can't do this. I can't do that. But you being there, you spending your dollars there, he's saying to yeah. you that you are making a difference. And I think people should understand that sometimes it is just the small things make the world of difference to somebody else. It doesn't have to always be this huge, yes. spectacular thing. If you were able to, and that would be amazing, but starting with the small things. Mm-hmm. I love wow. that, yes. And, and then sometimes we think, like, we're not doing it enough, you know, but like you said, start small. Mm-hmm. Start, just start. Even just having the conversation, that's a start. Wow, Francois, I want thank to you. thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I truly appreciate you sharing all of your gems with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It goes both ways, right? And just having this conversation, now I'm filled with more energy and I'm ready to like do something else. So, yes. um, you know, these conversations are important. You keep it up, you keep it going and continue to share your story as well. Because at the beginning of this call, I actually didn't know about you and Jeff until the call started. And, and then we had that conversation and it's just these conversations is what's crucial and it's what's needed. And so kudos to you again. And, and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, honestly, yeah. from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> and to all of you faith walkers out there until next time, subscribe on all platforms and make sure you rate and review the show on Apple podcast and join the community of faith walkers. Sign up for our newsletter at awakamistalettos.com and be sure to grab one of my personal development books available online everywhere. And if you can think of one person that would receive value from today's show, share it with them, share it with that friend that needs to hear Francois' testimony and be sure to screenshot this week's episode and tag us on Instagram. You can tag friend at black love page and you can tag myself at the real bikini smith and continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling <laughs>